Gyro Nation Metal. Welcome back, everyone. This is Jeff with Gyro Nation Metal. Cognitive is a New Jersey-based tech death group that has released one EP and four full-length albums, the latest being Malevolent Thoughts of a Hastened Extinction on July 16th, 2021. Last year, Cognitive took part in the Divine Ascension Tour, headlined by two of my current favorite tech death bands, Psychroptic and Fallujah, both releasing killer albums in 2022. As this episode airs, Cognitive will be on the last leg of their 2023 U.S. tour with Gorod, Summoning the Lich, and Flub. Tonight, they will be playing in Tampa, Florida, and tomorrow in Orlando. During this episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Cognitive's guitarist and sole remaining original member, Rob Wharton. Rob, it's great to meet you, and thank you for joining me so close to the beginning of your tour. Oh, dude, thanks for having us and everything on here, man. It's awesome. I know we're kind of speaking in present and past tense, and it's kind of weird because we're recording this in February. So you're less than a month away from your tour, uh, from your first show, rather. What are some of the last-minute things that you have to get done in preparation? Uh, grocery shopping. <laughs> I got to do that. Uh, laundry, get all that stuff done, pack my bags. Um, we got merch that we've got to count, organize it, put it in the uh, vehicle. We uh, just... Uh, did some like modifications to our touring vehicle and then like I already did the oil changes and stuff. So like we try to keep up on the vehicle cause uh, it sucks when you break down <laughs> and it's expensive. So we try to do all the maintenance before we leave. That's probably a smart idea. Keeping it maintained so you don't have to worry about shit when you're on the road. And sometimes if something breaks, you find a good mechanic that does stuff like good, honest work. And sometimes you get guys that'll rip you off. Like we've had both ends of it happen. <laughs> what happened with the guy that ripped you off? He way overcharged us for something where I was like, yeah, this will probably be like three, 350 bucks. And it was almost 700 bucks. Jesus. Yeah. And like one of my best friends is a mechanic and he was like, dude, that's just, he did that. Cause he knew he, he had us. Cause we were like, Hey, you know, we got to get back on the road. So he, uh, it happens. I mean, like, you know, I want people to get paid obviously, but, uh, I, I know what things cost as far as like fixing vehicles and stuff. So I was just like, ah, oh, it sucks. But then, We've had guys that said they were going to fix it for $400 and it was a $2,000 job and they still only charged us 400 so I can't complain. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Give and take a little bit, hey? Yeah, yeah. I don't like the fact that people use circumstance to prey on others and see it in mechanics. At least there's the stereotypical, say a woman goes in and the mechanic thinks that they don't know anything about cars and it's I can see it being kind of similar with bands that are just, I guess, driving through the area and they're like, we need to go now. So they're like, well, fuck it, let's start them. Yeah, it was a brake line on ours that went, like, or I'm not even a brake line, it was a brake hose that went, and it was just squirt and fluid out, and it was like, we need our brakes, you know what I mean? It wasn't like a sensor went, so we needed to get it done then, like, then and there, because we had to get back on the road to get to Cali for the first show, but, yeah, you know, sadly, it happens, it is what it is. Well, and it's all time constraints, too. You need somebody that can get you in right now. If that doesn't work, the rest of the tour is fucked. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, we were like, dude, like, we're gonna have to stay here, find somewhere in the morning, get it fixed, and that's gonna bleed in. Like, we're gonna not be able to have, you know, a place to pull over for six hours and actually sleep to get to Cali on time. We're gonna just have to keep going. Thank, I mean, thank God. I'm glad they fixed it and all. Still, like, I'm appreciative of that. But I was just like, oh man, that was a lot. Mm -hmm. Have you guys ever had to delay a show or a part of a tour because of something like vehicle maintenance? We have definitely showed up late because of like a breakdown. I don't know if we've ever had to cancel something because of a breakdown, but I know we've definitely had to um, pretty much show up to the venue, gear right in, merch right in, jump on stage and play. Definitely had that happen a couple times. Man, that's getting it close. I've I've seen a lot of bands cancel just because of things like that. So it's really cool that you didn't. Yeah, we. Uh, I can't recall if we've ever had to cancel anything because of a vehicle breakdown. We've had a lot of them. Seems like that's a bane of a band's existence when they're touring. It's brutal because you're driving all over the place all the time. Some people don't remember to, you know, little things like changing your oil and changing your brake pads go a long way because not everyone's a mechanic. You know, I get it. Thankfully for me, one of my best friends is, and he taught me a lot where I started learning how to do stuff myself and just the importance of, hey, stay on top of this, make sure this is working, make sure you check this when you're on the road. Not everyone has that. Yeah, and some people are fortunate, obviously, like, again, it comes to preparation. So as far as going or getting prepared for a tour, and I understand the basics of, like, finding venues, dates, and planning a route, but I'm kind of unfamiliar with the details of what goes into planning a lengthy tour for you and what have been some of your biggest challenges in the past. Well, thankfully, we have an agent that handles all that, so I don't know how to do that. But, but I mean, like, when we started out, it was just, like, 
how long's the drive? Have we played here before recently where it's too close to where we've played? So we got to find a different city. And then, you know, hey, there's only one venue in the city that that's booked. Now you got to look somewhere else. And, and oh my God, the list goes on and on. And uh, there are the gray hairs that come with that. I, I don't envy people that sit there and do that for a living, man. And, and in a way, like they're unsung heroes that do that stuff because it is brutal when you sit there and you, oh, the venue got double booked. I'm sorry. And then the, vent, the booking agent's got to go look another place. And, uh, oh, it's so much work. It is so much work. And them guys really deal with a lot to do it. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And before the recording here, we were chatting a little bit about competing tours. So something else that you take into consideration is where other bands or other tours will be featured. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, you know, to talk about this tour now, like this tour was booked almost a year ago to be able to get Gorod their visas to come here. So a year ago, nobody knew any of the other tours that are going on during this tour were even happening or even like a thought. So it was like, okay. And the thought process was March into April, things are starting. Like that's normally when tours start happening again, but it's not like heavy. It was like, okay, we get them here. There's gonna be a lot less competition, but no tour after tour and incredible tours got announced. And it was like, wow, like they're awesome. Hey, more than anything, I was like, I'm going to miss that tour. I'm not going to be able to see it. Like, oh, man, there's so many sick tours. I'm like, oh, I wish I could see that tour. Like, I want to see that Revocation, Morbid Angel, Vitriol tour so bad. Ain't going to happen. <laughs> the Chaos and Carnage tour, like, that got announced. Like, Dying Fetus, Sanguish Sugar Bog, like, I love them bands. I'm not going to see it. And we're competing with that tour at the same time. And there's a couple others. I'm just like, oh, and we couldn't do anything about it. No one knew. And, you know, at the same time, the agent had to worry about getting Gorod booked and all this stuff handled way ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Have you ever stopped in between shows to actually catch a sh another show? I don't, th I don't think we have, but I think it's just circumstantial normally where it's just like there wasn't anything going on. Um, on that Psychroptic tour, we played in, the, in Ohio the same time that they Rivers of Nile played with Contortionist. Mm -hmm. And we were going to try and make it to that before our show, but there just wasn't enough time. And you guys are getting ready to play, so stopping at another show might be the last thing on your list. It, there's just so much going on. Like, you know, you don't just show up and play. It's okay, I got to load in. I got to do sound check. We got to make sure the merch is ready. Okay, now we have time to eat. Let's see. Okay, doors are getting ready to open. We got to be there for this, that. Oh, hey, the bus has stopped. Let's stop and clean it out now that, you know, we're stopped. <laughs> well, let's check the oils. Let's see if, hey, if there's an oil change place nearby while we have time. <laughs> And this is all stuff that the audience doesn't see. It's all the behind the scenes, like uh, low impact stuff that could make a huge difference. Got to use that time wisely, you know? you know? Oh, we can do laundry here. Let's do it so we don't got to pay. Oh, we can shower here. Like, let's do all that stuff now. Yeah, exactly. And you guys just finished up the Divine Ascension tour there in October, I believe. Um, how were you guys brought on board playing with Faluda and Psychoptic? Uh, I, I think, so, so the story was we were on tour and we just got the call or we got the email and they were like, yo, do you guys want to do the tour with Psychropic and Fallujah? And we were on a different tour at the time. We were supposed to be on a different tour and we had to not do that tour to do the Psychropic Fallujah tour. And instantly we seen Psychropic Fallujah. We we're just like, yes, yes, we'll drop everything. Like we got to do that tour because one of, one of our favorite bands is Psychropic and like Fallujah was really important to me too and uh that was like a dream come true and we're pretty sure the psychropic guys requested us we don't know for sure but we're pretty sure it was like yo can, can you put them on it and uh it was interesting driving to california to start a tour doing the whole u.s and north america ending in cali and having to drive home after the tour no shit that must have been a long drive it took about seven days uh, no, i think it took three there i think it took three and a half on the way there and three on the way home so it was almost seven days total added on to the touring dates <laughs> it's just some of the guys like why don't we we could do it in two and i was like dude i'm not doing that that's nothing but straight driving nothing going wrong no one's sleeping i said let's take our time and and just get out there when we need to be there and there's, there's plenty of room if something happens. And I said, we can actually pull over and sleep for, you know, more than two hours or something. And, and like, let's get there. And we took our time more going out than we did going home. Because at that point, everyone was like, let's go home. I want to get home. 
But on the way out <clears throat> was when we had the break hose go as well on that tour. Oh, no. So, yeah, thankfully we let, we had the leeway in the room there in case something happened. Well, and then at the end of the tour, it's kind of like bittersweet because you just had a great time. You saw one of your favorite bands, but now you have to drive across the country back home. So it's like you want to take your time, but you're kind of sick of being on the road. Oh, my God. It didn't seem as bad driving home as it did on the way out. I felt like like you're sitting there going, like, I can't wait to get home. I can't wait to get home. But like on the way out, you're like, let's go. Let's go. Like We're going to go do this tour. And then at the end, you're just like, that was awesome. And I'm really going to miss everyone. But I'm definitely ready to get home and get in my bed and not sleep in my bunk. Yeah. And, and on your shower, way home, you're just like, shower. <laughs> you're looking at maps and you're like, dude, we're we're still in the same state seven hours later. <laughs> <laughs> Must have felt pretty cool being invited on a tour for one of your favorite bands as well. Dude, me and my guitar player, like, it is no secret how much me and him love Psychrotic. It's never been a secret. So, like, that was just like, yes. Yes, 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 we'll do it. When you're Are on tour, to, do you we, often... We, oh, sorry. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, when you're on tour, do you often try and catch the other band's sets? Oh, every night if I can. Awesome. Every night, I, like, I, I think I might have missed maybe, let's just even round up, like, seven sets the whole tour out of 33, 34 shows. Sometimes, you know, you're just tired. You're like, I got I to take a nap. Or I'm, I, now I can go eat, you know what I mean? And you miss someone. But yeah, almost every night we watch everyone every night. Awesome. One of the things I can imagine being kind of difficult in, in like a tour with Volusia and Psychroptic is just because of how like how good they are and how well-known they are. I could see myself feeling a bunch of pressure to kind of step up my game in, in every way that I possibly could. Did you feel any of that pressure by any chance? Oh, before we even started the tour, when we got it, we were like, yeah, we have to bring our A game. Like, like we have to bring it live, like we got to do our best like like really like be practiced up and rehearse everything and, and let's make sure all the gears working and no issues and all that stuff and then uh my guitar head died in the middle of the tour <laughs> oh, that figures <laughs> yeah it was really bad it was working great and it died but i mean it happens but uh no it, it was a big deal like like psychroptics like I, I can't say enough like how like important they are to me as a guitar player and a songwriter and same with Fallujah, like, like them two bands and it's not to take away from interloper by the way who are also on the tour it's just them two bands like were so important to me like when i first discovered them like, like i can't pretend that that shit wasn't important to me so like being there and watching them guys play and like oh my god joe haley's like an incredible guitar player and then like watching scott from Fallujah just have all these ideas and Andrew Baird, that drummer might be the best drummer I've ever watched play death metal. That dude doesn't make a mistake. I don't think he misses a kick drum hit or anything. Dude's a machine. It shows in their music, right? They're they're incredible musicians. It's just crazy. It was crazy to watch it every night. And like I remember like first night where uh the whiskey in Cali and we're just like, dude, this is happening and, and they're sending up the banners for Psychroptic and Fallujah. And we're just like, dude, like this is crazy. It's going to be all month. And then you're in like five days. You're like, oh, this is crazy. I'm watching it. And by like the end of tour, I was still like, dude, we got to watch two of our favorite bands every night. Definitely something to look fondly back on. Yeah, we were fortunate. Like even aside from them, like some of the other tours we've done, like there's some bands that I've just been like, I can't believe like I got to say I tour with them and just like you learn from them bands and be like, oh, we got to worry about doing this better. And, and that's what they were doing. And we should do that. And you see, sometimes you see bands do stuff where you're like, hey, I don't want to do that. Actually, it's cool that you brought that up because that was one of my next questions is like, do you often watch for specific things to bring back to your own show? And obviously you've already answered that, but how do you adapt some of the things that other bands do into your own? I think first of all, the most important thing is like conversations you have with each other. Like, hey, I noticed they're doing that and it looks cool. We should do that. Or, hey, like that makes them get on and off stage quicker. You know what I mean? Even little things like, like we're big fans of like, I do not want to impede on anyone's time. I don't want to overstay our welcome on stage. Like the second we're done, get off stage. So like you see somebody doing something a certain way, you're like, dude, let's get off. You know, we try and be team players and help people all the time, but you see little, oh dude, if we had that piece of gear, boom, you put the head right on, you get it off stage quicker. You know, and you notice some bands do stuff certain ways or like, well, the light show, like that, and we've always wanted a light show since 
the band started. Obviously, money is a factor. But, like, we just seen Psychropic have their light show. And I was like, dude, like, that'll be so sick when we get that. But, like, you know, that's a goal for later down the road. But, like, you see bands. I've, I've seen bands not have toolkits on them. And I'm like, that's something I don't want to do. <laughs> you know, something breaks in, on your car and it's like, oh, dude, I, I could have just tightened this up. But I just had to spend $100 for a guy to twist the wrench three times. That sucks. So you see that stuff and, you know, you get everyone together after a show on the drive to the next gig or whatever. And you're like, dude, I've seen them do this. We should work on that and start doing this or that. You mentioned earlier that um, your guitar head, your guitar head had broken on the tour. Do you guys often bring extra parts or extra instruments? So we bring extra guitars. We had an extra head with us and that one was broken. And we didn't know. And oh. yeah, thank God. Psychropic were nothing short of incredible. And they were just like, dude, use our head. It's fine. Nice. They were like, dude, it's it's up there anyway. Just plug in. It'll be up there the whole show. Awesome. That's always nice when you can kind of trade pieces with other bands if needed. Oh, uh, ultimately, like you'd like your own stuff, but if something if, if that's not available, that's the next best thing. Dude, I, I'm a big fan of like when we're if we're headlining or like even on the school rocks we're coming up. Like most of the bands are sharing all gear. Like like why make everyone drag stuff out? You know, if possible, I mean, you know, if you don't want people to use your gear, I understand it. I get it. It's expensive. Something happens, we, you know, but I'm I'm on board with, hey, let's so and so bring the cabs and this one will bring the drums. If you got, you know, drummers are more picky about stuff usually, but like, hey, if something breaks, we all pitch in and, you know, all the bands pitch in and fix it. But like, to me, like it saves every band bringing a trailer sometimes, you know what I mean? I mean, it saves money through gas. It saves space. It obviously saves a little bit of stress if you know that things are already going to show up. And then it also reduces cost when something does break because, like you said, everyone pitches in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the big thing, too, is it's on stage. Okay, we're all using the same cabs. Them cabs go on stage, and they don't got to move until the show's over. That's awesome. Yeah. It keeps the show moving. Between sets. Yeah, exactly. Which is great because especially on weekdays, like, you know, people got work and got to get up in the morning. And, you know, when you go on, if you can get on – 15 minutes earlier, even on a weekday, that benefits everyone, you know, usually. I, I, I don't know anyone that's like, I can't believe they're starting earlier. Oh, I, I wish they would have, you know, went on at 11. You know, maybe the bar would because, you know, they're going to make a little bit more money. But, I mean, to me, during a weekday, like, you get on a little earlier, it's just beneficial to the crowd. Well, and then especially with touring, you guys are done the show earlier. You have a little bit more time to either sleep or travel, so that works for everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a couple nights on uh, that Psychroptic tour where I think there was like a 12-hour drive to the next show, and it was just like, guys, show's over. Everything goes in, in the, the trailers and the, in the vehicles. We got all got to hit the road like right away. So it was like everyone was just Johnny on the spot with that stuff. Like we talked about already, you just finished up the Divine Ascension tour there, and 2023 has already been busy for you. Like, So not only are you supporting Goron on the Orb release tour, but you also recently took part in the Subterranean Dissonance Fest in early February here. Quite the lineup on that fest, too. Were there any bands there that you weren't really familiar with, and were you able to see some of their sets? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, I'm so excited to talk about this. Um, I hope I say their name right. I think it's Umba Vitae or Umbra Vitae or Vitre incredible and for me like i grew up like i love a lot of like math metal bands like i was really in the eye on dissonance dillinger escape plan um things like that burn by the sun the end i gotta plug them bands that shit's so important to me um and i checked the band out and it had jake bannon from converge singing the drummer the bass player and the guitar player of the red chord and the guitar player the old guitar player, I think it was, of Hatebreed, was the other guitarist. Blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. And uh, John Frum was really interesting, too. So they were like two bands I had never seen, and I got to see them, and I was like, dude, I got I got to dive into this stuff. This was awesome. Um, There's bands I had seen before on there, a bunch. Like, I, I've seen before i've seen horrendous a bunch of times all great bands piron played first they were awesome but 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 specifically umbra vitre and uh john from were like two bands where i was just like this is new to me this is awesome and like you said that lineup was really impressive and 
it was really cool to see because like there's so many different bands on there. That was a huge mix bill. Um, if you know anything about all them bands, there was so many just different bands from different genres. And I think the first band went on at three, Piron. And there had to have been over 400 people there already. Which you don't expect that early. Like for me, like normally at a fest, 30, 40 people there. And by the end, you know, there's a lot of people there. But no, it was boom, right off the bat. That was the first one. And, I, and shout out to that dude, Graham, for having it go no hiccups no problems ran a tight ship and it was great you know if part of the reaction was partly because of the different types of sounds that were on the bill or is it just because or i guess there is no way to tell but i'm wondering if it's because of the specific bands like for example i know that uh, imperial Tri triumphant is quite popular right now so i'm wondering if people just wanted to see certain bands or if if there was a more of a draw because of the wide variety i i, I do think it was the wide variety just because like you would think if people were thus there for Imperial, they wouldn't have been there so early, you know, like, like that. I think it was just the lineup. Cause if, if you know anything about a lot of them bands, like there's a, like every band on that band was, or that bill was legit. So, you know, and there was people flying from all over to come to that fest. Like, like it was like really well done. It was really well built. It was well executed. It was well promoted. Like it was awesome. And it was cool to see that many people care about it for the first time it happened. Also in February, you know, it's not a summer fest. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Is this a, a fest that happens every year? That was the first time he's done the fest. It was the first time it happened everything. I'm assuming he's going to try and do it next year. I mean, I, I would hope so. He did great. It was, it was great for everyone. I'm good. I'm happy to hear that. But it's also nice to see, like you already said, like a wide variety of types of bands, especially with such a powerful lineup. Yeah, I, I was nervous that we, like, maybe we would stick out or maybe like, like, who else? Maybe Horrendous would stick out because they were some of the more just like straightforward death metal-y bands in a way. But no, everyone was well-received. Everything went really well. I was happy for literally every band did great. Um, it was fun hanging out with the bands and meeting people and like like all the bands were just, you know, hanging out, watching each other's sets and everything. It was awesome and, and, and there was two rooms and people go from one room to the other room and back over and it was just awesome. And to me, like, you don't see mixed bills like that anymore, really. So it was interesting to see it and see it work. And I, I, I'm thankful. And hopefully that keeps happening because I thought it was cool. Mm -hmm. Have you ever experienced in a, in a situation like that where there are a wide variety of bands where the, the cohesiveness isn't quite there, where there might be a break in between genres or uh, maybe a difference in interest towards certain sounds? I don't think so myself, at least off the top of my head. I mean, like I've been to MDF, you know, and sometimes, you know, they have like death metal bands and then they'll have the black metal bands. But I mean, there's still an overlap and, you know, for a lot of people there like that. But, I, you know, I don't think I've ever seen anything that was like not cohesive. That might have been the farthest thing where I was like, wow, like a lot of these bands don't sound the same at Subterranean. And it went great. It worked. I, I can't say enough good things about it, how it went and, and how awesome it was. I can't. I was so happy for the promoter. Like, it was cool. It was really cool. <laughs> Seems like your past couple of experiences have, have been awesome. So, obviously, you're looking forward to this next year. Do you think it'll compare? I'm interested. Uh, I, I love Gorod. Uh, that band's, like, incredible, and they're rare to be here. You know what I mean? It's not like they're, like, a band you see four times a year. Um, Summon in the Lich, incredible band. We brought them out on a headliner we did uh, in twenty twenty one, I think it was. We went out in like December of twenty twenty one, I think, for two weeks, and we took them out. And they're like good friends of ours, and they just put a new single out that's awesome. Like that band's no joke. Flub just like you were, me and you were talking about earlier. Flub just put out the EP and and the re recorded stuff, and like. They're awesome musicians. Like I think the lineup's awesome. Um, I'm curious to see how it goes with some of the competing tours that are up against it. But like I think that it's a great tour. I think that Gorod's a really special band, especially if you're like a real tech death prog fan in there. Like that band's really important. I think. Hmm. So I mean, I'm excited. I'm really glad that we get to do that, and I look forward to seeing all the bands every night. Like I, I take appreciation 
and that just watching some of the bands be like, dude, like I love this band. I get I get to hear it again. I get to hear it again. And you have something else going for you too. Like like you said that Gora doesn't come here very often. So for people looking for that band, it's like okay, well I could go to see Gorod and someone that I might not see again for quite some time. Or like you said earlier, I can see somebody that might come back in a few months. Right, right, right. I mean, there's always that, you know. And I hate, I almost hate saying that sentence sometimes because you don't know what's going to happen and if somebody's going to come back around again. But there are just them bands that you know they're going to you're going to see them again in another four months. Like, like it's just the nature of the business, and it's good. It's good. You know, each time the bands come around, they switch their sets up and all. But, like, you know, it's good to have choices, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've had the same experience. Like, I've seen a couple bands that have come back twice within the same year. And then other bands where I've only seen them once. And say, for example, if I missed the show, I'm pretty pissed off because then I don't see them for another couple of years. But I guess it depends, obviously, on things like schedule and availability, that kind of stuff. Right. And obviously, like, it's no secret now, like, if if, you know... You're, you're not an american band like the visa process is hard it's expensive it makes it harder for bands to want to come here and travel unless they're like a really big band that can afford it and you know still a process so things like this are get i think or i think especially now they're trying to talk about making the visas cost even more so like this stuff might be even more rare through the years i was chatting with another previous guest and they were talking about how if you were going to get a visa for the States and you had to leave, like say come up to Canada for a couple of shows and go back that you had to make sure, I, I can't remember if he said that you had to get two separate visas for that, or if you had to actually explicitly state like where you're going, when you're re-entering the country and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You have to do all that stuff. Um, like to be able to go in and out, in and out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You have to have your like itinerary. So they know like where you're at and everything. I guess it makes sense from their standpoint. They're just making sure people don't stay illegally. But some of the questions are kind of annoying too. Like I did a road trip a few years back and they asked some of the, strangest questions and oddly enough it was actually coming back to canada that i had the biggest issues the guys from the states just thought we were crazy because we were entering the states and going uh exiting like a day later just because of where our path took us and it always just seemed like the canadian guys were assholes comparatively <laughs> i just think it's the day the what day of the week it is you know if the guy's in a good mood or bad mood or whatever whoever the agent is but uh we've definitely had awesome people and we definitely had people who are like oh man why is this such a project today like mm-hmm it's interesting. It's always just stressful because you're like, I just want to get in, man, and play music. <laughs> Have you had any truly bad experiences that stick out for you at, at one of the borders? No, not not really. But, you know, I've heard things. Where I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm so glad that didn't happen. <laughs> mm -hmm. I can imagine there being a lot of stories in the world of music. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I it's just normal stuff, though, too. Like, don't cross with a joint on yet. Don't, don't go across the border drunk. Like, 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 you know what I mean? Like, especially like Canada, it's legal. Like, you don't need to smuggle a joint across the border. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, something I find really strange about the States is even if, like, you have two neighboring states that have legal weed, basically you're not allowed to transport it across state lines because it's still considered trafficking. Correct. Um, it is cool, though. Like, I remember last time we had to go into Canada, the agent was just like, you guys don't have any... Oh, uh, marijuana. And we're like, no, 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 no. And they're like, if you tell us now, you can throw it out. And I was like, well, we don't have it, but that's pretty cool. <laughs> You're giving everyone a chance. Like, hey, man, I had it. I'll throw it out. But, like, I thought that was pretty cool and interesting. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, you should you should be able to work with the people, right? If you yeah. don't know that they're bringing something wrong into either the country or even at the airport, if they're bringing stuff or trying to bring stuff on the airplane that they don't know that they're not allowed to, give them a chance to correct it. And then there probably won't be any issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I don't really have any like terrible stories there. You know, sometimes it was like, why is it taking so long? But then they just go, okay, you're good. You're like, oh, okay, awesome. <laughs> yeah, thanks for making me wait. <laughs> yeah, but they're doing their job. By the time this comes out, like we've already chatted a little bit about, this won't be until you're almost finished the Gorod tour. Will you have played or announced any new music? No. No, we won't have any new music out or anything by then by the time this comes out. But uh, we do enter the studio soon. After the Gorod oh, tour, we'll be hitting the studio. Nice. And so it seems like, in that case, 2023 is going to be busy with more than just live shows. Um, yep. Something I noticed when looking up some of your information here is that you're curr currently signed with Metal Blade Records. Though your last album was released through Unique Leader, so what prompted the change in partnership, and how did you get involved with Metal Blade? Um, we had fulfilled our contract with Unique Leader. Okay. And that record came out, and I guess Metal Blade had heard it and hit us up, and we were like, whoa, it's Metal Blade. Like, 
did you, did you mean to hit this email up? <laughs> and it was like, yeah, <laughs> was like, let's talk. And, and we're really lucky. <laughs> That's like a dream come true thing. You know what I mean? You don't expect that. You want yeah, it. Especially with them reaching out to you. Yeah. Like when you're like, you're sitting there and you're like, you know, you have the dreams and all and you're like, okay, well, if it happens, that'd be awesome. But you know, like don't really know if it's ever going to happen. And that happened. And it was just like, wow. And then with Metal Blade, are you planning on doing like an album by album basis, or is this something that you have to fulfill a certain number of albums? No, we got a contract for X amount of records and stuff. So okay, cool. Well, and that works as well for planning moving forward. You know exactly kind of when things should be coming out. Are there strict limitations when it comes to deadlines, or do they give you more freedom in order to produce the best music you can? No, 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 no. They um, you know, it's like, hey, write a good record. Just please, just write a good record. And keep us on you know in the loop about things which has been awesome because it's very been like hey now is like we're getting closer to recording and all it's like hey make sure this is ready by this time and this time and this time so that everything's in place for them to be able to do what they do you know what i mean on their end so which is awesome i love that there's like make sure if you're doing this that we have it by this time and, and stuff like that the structure is awesome because it's going to benefit everyone involved so I, i'm really appreciative of that seems like with the structure it keeps everybody on point and accountable but it also by judging by what you're saying it doesn't seem like they're trying to micromanage or force you into deadlines that you don't no 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 no. they've been awesome they've been incredible they they, they really have it's just been very just like hey like send us what you have to here i guess if you want if you want to send us demos but there hasn't been any like yo where's the record at what are you doing like there hasn't been any of that stuff well, that's good to hear. And so moving forward with your new music, obviously you guys have been thinking a little bit about this. What are some of the aspects musically that you wanted to focus on or build upon? Oh, and uh, is there anything that you distinctly wanted to change moving forward? Oh man, this, this question, it's so weird to answer, especially with this record. Uh, <laughs> well, cause I feel like every musician wants to write the better record. Okay, let's do this better. Let's do that better. And I feel like it's not your fault, but I almost feel like it's a redundant answer because like most people are just going to tell you the same thing. I just wanted it to be better and do this. But um, me, me personally, right off the bat, I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be the first record that comes out on Metal League. Like, it's got to be good. And you're right and stuff. Like, this is sick. This is sick. And then you start going back. You're like, is this sick? Is this good? <laughs> I don't know if this is good. What happens if no one likes it? Oh, my. And, and that's how my brain works. And um. I'm proud of all the new stuff. Um, I think it's a mix of like how the last record was with like, just, I think better songwriting, but I think we also got back to having a little bit more like, um, experimental or just like a little bit more randomness thrown into that, where I think it made it feel a little bit more raw for this new record. And obviously you guys are no stranger to kind of experimenting with your sound and changing over time. There's always some debate regarding like the sound or classification of the metal bands because they blur the lines so well. And I think you guys do this in just the right way in referring to uh, the metal archives here. Um, you guys are listed as Tech Death and Deathcore. So where would you put yourself on the spectrum between the two? And are you purposefully incorporating elements from both those genres? It's interesting because like um, I just consider us a death metal band because like our, I don't think our stuff's easy. I'm also not the best guitar player in the world. Like, I, I, oh my God, there's dudes out there that are so good. Um, so it's interesting because, like, I grew up with, like, like I said, Dillinger and Burnt by the Sun and Ion Dissonance and stuff like that. And, like, Red Chord was really important to me as well. And um, Into the Moat was really important. And then there was, like, Suffocation and Cryptopsy, super important bands to me. Um, I love suffocation, dear God. I love suffocation and cryptopsy so much. Morbid Angel and um, like the Faceless was really important band as well. Uh, Fall at Carnage and Between the Barry and Me. So like I, I, all these bands, and I'm just like, oh, I, I want to write stuff that like if I listen to it, I would like it. I would think this is cool, and um, it's cool. It's cool sometimes because like people are like you're this, you're that, you're this, and I'm like, I think we're all of it. You know what I mean? Like. Um, sometimes we have these off time breakdowns and like, sometimes people call it like, 
like you said, like deathcore, even like remotely, they'll be like, you know, but sometimes people are like, oh, it reminds me of Meshuggah, who's one of my favorite bands. But like, to me, like, I like being able to go into a blast beat and then go into an on time thing and then go into a slam and then go into a trend pick riff. And then there's this fancy part and all of a sudden there's a clean part. Like, I don't know. I, I've always been into just doing what I want to do musically. <laughs> I, I've said this a few times on the show here, but it seems like that's the best approach. I've met a lot of guests who say that, and it just seems like their their music is generally always original, and it's always something that incorporates elements that you don't necessarily expect. Yeah, I mean, like you know, like I think for us, like there's still certain things where I'm like, that's that's something we need to do because that's what we do, but we can do it a different way this time. It, it's it's almost like um, there's just bands you don't want to hear, I think, do something like totally different. And it's not a slight at them. Like a band like Cannibal Corpse, you want Cannibal Corpse to do Cannibal Corpse. You know what I mean? And it's awesome. Like sometimes you just, that's what you need sometimes. And, and there's bands that I'm like, I love that Cannibal Corpse does what they do because I know I can go to them for that. You know, and then there's bands like Rivers of Nile that you don't know what they're going to do next. And I like that I can go to Rivers of Nile to do that because I'm like, what's next? So I think it's important to have that kind of like this band is just a, a meat and potato band and this band like it's a seven dish entree, you know what I mean? Because sometimes you don't want to hear the seven dish entree. You're like, dude, like, I don't, I don't want to hear this part now. I don't want clean singing there. And that's OK to not want that. So I think it's important to have all these different bands that do different stuff. And, you know, it's also cool to have bands that do all that different stuff at once. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you 100 percent. From what I'm hearing from you, it doesn't really matter what your music is labeled so long as you're playing what you enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, like, like, even if I don't like a band, like, I could sit there and say, like, yo, that band's good at what they do. You know what I mean? Like, I can respect that. Well, that's important, too, because if you're looking at other musicians, you could say, yeah, well, they're shit. Or it's like, oh, maybe I just don't like what they're doing. Right, right. And there's a genre for everyone, so. Something I did want to chat about quickly is um, a changing lineup does affect the band's sound in some aspects. For you, are there any core sounds or styles that you've wanted to remain consistent uh, since your first release? Or is this just something that you kind of naturally uh, change over time? I think just with, I think the core idea of what Cognitive even started out doing has always been there. I just think it's like, I don't even think it has to do with, I mean, some of it has to do with lineup changes where we're just like, we were trying to worry about songwriting a little bit more, which is good. But I just think it also comes with maturing as a musician. Or it's like, oh, you know, maybe we can come back to parts more and, and, and not just be like 70 riffs in a song kind of thing. But, you know, I don't I, – me, I don't think that things have changed that much, just evolved hmm. musically for us at least. And losing members can be seen as a negative thing, but is a reality that a lot of bands have to face from time to time. So when you have had the challenge of finding new members, what are the, some of the things you've looked at as a positive when bringing someone else into the fold? it always stinks losing people you know what i mean like it, it stinks and like it comes more common i feel like when when you start to get into touring more often for not a lot of money you know and that's always been a thing it's just like hey i can't tour all the time i can't take off work I, you know i've got a kid i can't tour you know stuff like that like it, it, it happens it's normal so like for when we find new members normally it's just been like hey we're on the road this much out of the year. It's probably going to get busier. Can you do it? And, you know, the other thing is, can you play the material? You know, I, I don't think, you know, looking for new members has been anything more than just what would be expected from any band member in a touring band. And you're laying it all on the line saying, this is what we do. This is how we operate. So we'd love to have you. But if you're not interested, please let us know now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I, I would rather just somebody be up front. You know, I, I, I appreciate when somebody's like, hey, man. I can join the band, but I can only tour this much. That's fine. Just tell me that. You know what I mean? And, and hey, if, if we're, everyone else is okay with it, that's fine. And we'll get a fill-in if you can't. You know what I mean? Because we have to get a fill-in for our drummer a lot because he just can't tour all the time. That is what it is. You know what I mean? I'm, we're not the only band that's ever had to do that, and there's going to be plenty more. It, it happens. Shit happens. <laughs> well, and it, when you do prepare for it, it's just a speed bump instead of basically a wall. Like, if, if you didn't know that was coming, you'd have no way to prepare, and then you'd be out of drummer. Correct. So one thing outside of music that has seemed to remain consistent, for me at least, is your guys' album artwork. For me, each iteration comes out better, and now you've worked with the talented Pedro Cena. Is that how I say his name? I, I think that's how you would pronounce his name. <laughs> I never got to talk to him on the phone, but I would imagine. So you first worked with him for Matricide, and now Malevolent Thoughts. So what made you seek him out originally, and did you have him in mind after the Matricide album was released? 
when I don't even remember how we've seen him. I think, I think what happened was he did the analepsy record. And I was like, well, that's like really cool looking. And then I think he did a wormhole record that I thought was really cool looking. And we were looking in them. I was like, yeah, let's just see how much he wants. And he told us and we were just like, dude, this guy's awesome. So we did matricide. And if you have the CD, you see it unfolds and it's a three panel. It's like a giant scene. And he knocked it out the park. And when we started looking for new guys, I was like, why don't we use him again? Like, he's awesome. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I really like talking to him when I do like email him. He's always been really kind and very professional and i and i think he's like beyond talented and it was interesting i love telling this story when we did malevolent thoughts the guy's got a wild idea let's tell him the name of the record and tell him to draw whatever he wants we didn't give him an idea at all and that's what he came up with it seems like malevolent thoughts came out perfectly like that was uh, one of the things that first drew me to the record was was the artwork like I was looking on my phone, so I just saw a little thumbnail, and it looks like it looks like just like a skull-shaped silhouetted in in like sunlight. But when you pull it up, it's like a, a whirlwind of bodies, and it's it's pretty grim, but it's it's beautiful at the same time. Super detailed. I, when we seen it, we were just like, "What? It's all bodies! Like, wow, that's like crazy!" And uh, I, I was really proud of him because it doesn't look like a lot of his other work. I felt like he kind of stepped out of what he normally does in a way for it, which was cool because. He was really flattered when we were like, hey, man, like, do whatever you want. And he was like, are you serious? We were like, yeah, dude. He was like, dude, thanks for trusting me. And we are like, dude, like, you're awesome. And so with Matricide, you did give him a concept. With uh, Malevolent Thoughts, you didn't. Um, do you know if you're going to be working with him here again in the future? Maybe. Fair enough. Would you do the same approach? Just say, draw what you want? We don't know yet. I, I, we, we just picked the name for the record about two weeks ago. And now we're tossing up the idea of, hey, do we want to do that again with whoever we choose? Or do we want to come up with a concept this time? So like that's like one of the things we're focusing on right now, aside from this tour. Mm -hmm. You're obviously an accomplished musician. So how did you get into guitar? And how did you learn? Uh, um, so uh, the original cognitive guitar player i've known all my life like my parents grew up with his parents they went to high school together so and he was older than me so growing up he started playing music and i was just like oh that's so cool i want to do that i want to do that and my parents actually bought me my first like i had a, like a shitty like you know beat up guitar one day but then like one christmas when like, i was like really starting to get into it my parents bought me my first guitar from him actually that's the oh, cool. right there that one Nice. Super rare, too. It's a Fender Talon. It looks like an Ibanez with a Jackson headstock. That's a Fender. Okay. But, um, yeah, I just got into it, and, like, I got into, like, you know, I started where most people did with the Metallica and stuff like that, and then it was, like, Slipknot, you know, stuff like that, and then uh, Mudvayne, and then it was, like, I remember I discovered... God forbid, Determination, which was like a super important record for me. And then like a couple weeks later after hearing that, I bought uh, Calculate and Infinity by Dillinger Escape Plan. And somebody handed me a mix CD and it had Dying Fetus and Cephalic Carnage on it and Nile. And I ruined my life after that. <laughs> <laughs> Those are all good bands to be kind of indoctrinated to. Oh, great. Dude, dude, I, oh, I don't regret it. I, I, I love the music and I think the community is awesome. And, and like, I, I, and I don't just listen to death metal. I, like, I, I went and seen Leprous a couple months ago and that blew my mind seeing that live. Uh, that dude's literally the best drummer probably to ever exist. That dude's so good at drums. That dude barred. But, uh, like, Alice in Chains, super important to me. So, yeah, I don't know. I love death metal. It's super sick. <laughs> I'd hope so at this point. Um, I know we've covered a lot of your favorite bands already. Like you've touched on a wide variety of them. Are there any other favorite bands or genres that you haven't mentioned that you could recommend? I mean, I mean, I, I love a lot of grunge, like Alice in Chains, Soundgarden. Them two bands are like <coughs> really important to me. Um, love Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park's incredible. I, I really liked Chester's like lyrics and his delivery a lot. Um, Stone Temple Pilots was important to me. Uh, I really love Labrys. 
that band's like really a good important to me. Um, Deftones, huge Deftones fan. Mastodon. I listen to a good amount of rap too. I'm really into Griselda and uh, Meek Mill's awesome. And then you know, I go back to like some of the older stuff like Jadakiss, Buster Rhymes, Styles P. Um, I, I you know I I just never tried to limit myself because I feel like there's so much you can just hear in something and go, oh, that's a, we can do it this way and bring it in. It's always good to have a variety. I find like sometimes I just need a break from some of what I normally listen to, so I'll branch off into like rap or blues or something like that. But I definitely find my sta- myself staying away from country. I just can't get into it. Same. Maybe I'm not listening to the right bands. But... Same, same. And them dudes rip a guitar. They shred. But yeah, I- I've never been able to get in the country. But it's huge. You know what I mean? There's plenty of people that are, but it, you know, it's just not for me. Well, they're doing something right. And obviously fans of extreme metal aren't really fans of what I would consider something like Easy Ling. No, no, you're, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> but I think like with metal, it takes a lot more to actually engage with it because it's not you can't just pick out a beat necessarily right away like you actually have to listen intently you can't i don't know for for country you it's a lot of it's slower a lot of it's easier to pick up on you can hear the instance right off the bat but i think with metal it's such a it's such a chaotic and intense genre that you have to sit there and listen okay this is what they're doing now like how they're changing their guitar styles the drumming uh vocals whatever i feel like with a lot of death metal there's just like oh i didn't realize that's what was happening before kind of thing you know what i mean and I do like, I, I still do that with my favorite band, band sometimes. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that was going on. So it's fun and it's interesting. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously our music's not for everyone. I get that. <laughs> but, but I mean, it, it's getting bigger than it ever has been. Like Lorna Shore is like through the roof right now. It's insanity. Cannibal yeah, Corpse is still breaking, just going and going and going and, and getting bigger too. And you're talking about Cannibal Corpse, who's literally like, the death metal band like, like like the king is at the top but like then you go to like newer bands and like lorna shore is like right there with them right now and they're taking it to like new levels and stuff and it, it's it's awesome to see things grow mm-hmm. and, and and more people start getting in it like i i think it's important for everyone and i think it's important for the genre to keep growing and all like that as a as a just being like oh it's like I don't ever want to just like like I think it's cool to see it get more mainstream and, and more acceptable like like to be like that and I, it's never going to be as big as Lady Gaga and stuff like that obviously and that's okay but like I think it growing is important especially for the musicians out there that got to pay bills from doing this mm-hmm. and, and and I'm not trying to sound like it's all about the money because it's not but when you're on that kind of level you got to come home and pay your bills eventually. Well, I mean, everything comes out from time and everyone only has 24 hours. So if you're dedicating a majority of your time to the band, it should be returning something to you. Correct. You can't just live off of, uh, enjoyment. <laughs> but I, I think it's, uh, I think it's interesting to see it grow and see, like, like I said, it's really cool to see a band like Hannibal Corpse who's been there from the beginning, still growing, still growing and not hitting the ceiling. And then you see a younger band like Warren Ashore skyrocket you know and both are doing great things i think Mm -hmm. metal can be misleading because it's such a wide blanket term whereas if a lot of people that i met that don't like metal they often refer to metal as just noise because of how heavy it is but i sit there thinking like there's a there's a level of metal for everybody you can go all the way from heavy metal to like doom to black metal death metal everything in between so just because you don't like a certain style doesn't mean you won't like it all and i think it's also misleading what you're saying, like, almost leads to, like, it's like a joke in a way, but, like, sometimes I'm like, dude, it's kind of cool. Like, you know, when people are like, you know that they're not into, like, death metal. But, like, they'll be like, oh, you're in, you're in the heavy metal, like, uh, Lamb of God. And you're the farthest thing from Lamb of God, but you're like, you know what? Like, that's a closer tier and closer to the bullseye than when somebody's like, you're heavy, like, disturbed. You know what I mean? And you're like, well, I'm not that. But, like, oh, you said Lamb of God. Like, I, I, I can say yes to that. You know what I mean? And, like... Mm-hmm. As I've gotten older, like, I don't even sit there and, like, laugh at people because I'm like, dude, like, I was that kid at one day, at one time. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you sound like this. Like, yeah, dude. Like, yeah, you sound like Metallica. Like, no, you don't fucking sound like Metallica. You're just saying that to me because <laughs> you don't want to have the conversation. And 
I don't want to be that dude that deters somebody off from stuff like that. You know what I mean? But uh, I, I've learned, like you said, like there's metal. There's so much, like you said, there's the doom and then there's the thrash. And, you know what I mean? To metal core. There's just so much stuff. And there's something for everyone, like clean singing. There's obviously the death growls. There's the, the high-pitched screaming. There's everything. There's even instrumental music. So if you're not into the vocals, which some of my friends seem to be turned off, it's like, hey, well, listen to this instrumental album, and they enjoy it. Yeah, dude, like sometimes... Uh, sometimes I almost wish that more death metal had instrumental versions of it, just because I think that people would appreciate it more just if it didn't have the vocals. Mm -hmm. But, you know, not everyone wants... People to be not, not everyone thinks that death metal should expand and grow like that into, into like being more accessible to people. And like, I get it up to a certain extent. I'm like, yeah, like, I get it. I get it where we're like, death metal is the underground thing. Like, I get it. But like, I don't know. I think it's cool seeing more and more people come out to shows. Mm -hmm. And there will always be underground bands, and it doesn't matter what genre. You could talk about rap, you could talk about EDM, anything like that. There's always people that fly under the radar. So just because some bands, kick it up a notch and are able to be world like accessible worldwide doesn't mean everyone's going to make it so to me arguments kind of moot it's most of it will still remain underground right for anybody looking for your music there rob where's the best place for them to find it for you uh spotify Bandcamp, uh youtube uh indie merch if you want you know the physical stuff um itunes you know all the normal stuff that you would be able to grab it from i can't even list it all anymore there's so many different things but uh you know, we got merch on Massacre merch. We've got merch on Indie merch. You know, anything you buy helps. It goes toward bills and all that stuff. I appreciate you taking your time out of your busy schedule, especially coming up with this tour. So thank you again for joining me, and good luck with, with the Orb release tour. Thank you. Thanks for having me and taking time out of your day. Love the video game collection in the back. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next time on Gyro Nation Metal. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. The podcast can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you would like to support this podcast, please consider checking out my Patreon. Thank you.